0: on the first station. Welcome, listeners, to a film podacy brought to you by The Two Marks. This time we're reviewing The Suicide Squad, and once again, The Two Marks are delivering an irreverent review, providing you lively debate, conversation, and social commentary. Let me introduce my friend and co-host, Mr Mark Pollard. Hi, mate. Are you okay? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm well, thank you very much. I feel we should
1: elaborate that we're reviewing The Suicide Squad, not The Suicide Squad.
0: Correct. The difference in this is the word the, isn't
1: it? But it depends, because you kind of have to put the into the sentence to say the Suicide Squad it's a not the Suicide Squad yeah. so this could get very confused basically you know the shit one that came out a few years ago the
0: 2016 one we're not doing that not one, that one. <laughs> yeah. a lot of the listeners are going a few oh my god thank christ for that Yeah. so keep listening <laughs> do not touch that dial
1: no we're doing the new one the James Gunn one the one that's just come out yes. relatively recently
0: yeah about a week or so ago wasn't
1: it it is now was this the first return to the cinema for you post-pandemic? No, Black Widow. Oh, was it? Mm. This was my first return to the cinema.
0: Okay, then the question then really is how did you find it? Well, I feel we're getting
1: ahead of ourselves such as the <laughs> professionalness of us. We should really do all the other bum first, shouldn't we? The next thing
0: is how can people get hold of us?
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> if you want to get in touch to so let us know that this is the bit I really shouldn't forget. The Two Marks at thepodstation.co.uk Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter at The Two Marks. That's all really. You can listen to this show on on all of the major podcast platforms. Now, we've got the Two Marks channel, which you can listen to this on. We have a Film Podacy channel, which just generally does the movie stuff. We have Disco Fever and Picard Talk, which does the Star Trek stuff, so the Picard series, Star Trek Discovery series. But if you just want to get all of that stuff, because that all sounds your bag, you just listen to the Two Marks channel and subscribe there, because it all drops singly on there, as well as on those individual ones. So we allow people to just... Just pick a mix, or just to get the whole buffet. Buffet is better, isn't it? I think so. It saves a lot of hassle, doesn't it?
0: It's a smorgasbord of wonderfulness.
1: Indeed, if we say so ourselves. (laughs) Self-praise is no praise, as you say. It's true. Somebody have to ring in or tell us how good we are. Or give us a review, please, dad. Which, yeah, whichever platform you're listening to, dad, please give us a review. Five stars. In fact, I think technically, my dad probably already has done. Anyone other than my dad, if you'd like to give us a review, your mom. yeah, mum, sisters, yeah. <laughs> brother in laws, nephews, nieces, if you want Christmas presents this year, get yourself on that review. Indeed, let's move on to the topic in hand that we rather prematurely touched upon moments ago.
0: Well, the first film I went to see post lockdown is Black Widow, and this was your first one, wasn't it? It was indeed. The good thing about it is I always go to the later showings to avoid the crowds, and Covid's been very helpful in that respect, because
1: there are no crowds.
0: There are no crowds. Didn't have to queue. I did the e-ticket thing, so just waved a QR code in some lady's face,
1: <laughs> and... <laughs> that wasn't a euphemism, people. And
0: I didn't bother with any of the food for these ones. We only do the food when we're paying £70 a ticket. Well, so, anyone who's
1: listened to these shows before knows that I am a cinema snob, and it's ironic because the gallery at uh, Liverpool one, which is the Odeon. A, if Odeon would like to be a sponsor in the show, the two max at the thepodstation.co.uk but B, you need to pull your money out of your pocket and give it a bit of a revamp because I don't think they've done anything to it for really? 10 years. Yeah, it's looking a bit tired now. However, the benefit of the gallery for not a huge amount more than a normal ticket does give you a lot more privacy and keeps you segregated from the idiots who bring carry bags once you use their mobile phones or just generally talk throughout the movie. So I generally do that but during pandemic obviously cinemas have been shut and numbers haven't returned yet to the extent that they're happy reopening the gallery so I very 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 reluctantly had to buy three tickets for going to the pleb seats in the ordinary cinema and I was rather pleased to see that albeit I was in the normal seat area there was only about two other people in the gigantic cinema and we went I think we watched the five six o'clock showing on a Sunday during school holiday. Wow, that so, just shows then doesn't it? And the only reason I, I was happy doing that was because it shows you how many seats have been booked mm. before you confirm the tickets. And I was like, one oh not oh, great, I can cope if there's only two people in the entire <laughs> auditorium. And
0: one of them's a projectionist. Yeah.
1: And then before we went, I just went back on again to book new tickets, although, of course, I wasn't doing just to see how many more. And there was only about another three more people. Okay. Quite happy with that, but we do normally do the gallery.
0: And that's when I get all the munchies, because obviously... How Having paid a chunk of cash. I want to make sure I get money's worth.
1: Yeah, the quality streets go in the pocket. Melt. Grab a big tub of popcorn. Yeah, nachos. nachos. Now, well, okay, come on.
0: You're going to talk about the questionable cheese, aren't
1: you? I absolutely love the questionable cheese. I use the little pot that comes in the side of the holder yeah. to fill it with the cheese. Because oh, I feel that's where the cheese needs to go because you get more of it.
0: I put jalapenos in there.
1: That's where you're wrong. <laughs>
0: That's a I lot of jalapenos s- I love as well. Jalapenos. Oh my god, well, your look- ass
1: must sting like buggery the next day. I'll
0: share between the two of us. <laughs> the next day after doing the gallery, because I end up having two of those nachos because I paid a lot of money. The next day, my bum is crying <laughs> um, because I do love jalapenos. The nearest amount I get is on a pizza. So to put a whole tub in and then have two of them the next day, just lots of tears. <laughs> oh,
1: my whole body shuts down because the cheese just clogs everything up. I, I literally can't cough, sneeze wee <laughs> and like the other mucus. thing just gungs you up solid yeah. but nachos it's you put a layer of nachos some of the salsa layer of nachos more of the salsa sprinkling of jalapenos on top not too many because I don't want to feel the burn yeah fill that pot with cheese
0: oh, I see that's interesting that's
1: how you should do
0: it maybe an opportunity for people to write in and see what they do because I do a layer of nachos cheese and the salsa a layer of nachos more cheese make sure you get the cheese and then I put the jalapenos in the bit and And when I'm sitting down, I sprinkle them over.
1: And then you don't sit down for another few days. Then I stand. I I I just stand up for two days. So yeah, it was nice to be back at the cinema. It was a shame it wasn't in the gallery. It's a shame we couldn't do it together. Mm. Uh, But it feels like there's a, a light at the end of some tunnel.
0: Don't forget, because of lockdown, we used to go to the cinema together to see these films. But we weren't actually actively reviewing them. No. The excitement moving forward is that if we do go in the future together, that we'll be able to mutually appreciate said film in the podcast that we review. And than we can use the tickets
1: as a tax write-off. <laughs>
0: That's absolutely true.
1: I told my accountant to do that and she looked at me very funny. She was, what, tax write-off, ticket, cinema? i like, done a podcast, Someday. there's a show out there. Yeah, well, It's we
0: are, work. Well, technically journalists.
1: It's work, it yeah. comes off, take it off. <laughs> the government quite happy to take money off me whenever they want. <laughs> yeah. This is all legitimate people. So, cinema, Watched it. What did we think?
0: Two minutes into this film was already better than the other one. <laughs> <laughs> and I put that in my notes because I stand by that comment. I was just... Well, James Gunn, isn't it? We've got a bit of history with James Gunn. Not personally, we don't know him. But the fact that we've seen... Well, I've seen a few of his films, even way back to his trauma days. And um, there was a film called Slither that he did, like a B-movie.
1: Oh, yeah. Is that the one with the the guy with the weird room with the video cameras?
0: That's a different one, I think. But it's the one where there's an alien which has spikes on it.
1: Oh, no, there's no Slither in this one. This is one where the guy's perving in a block of flats. At-
0: is it Alan... Alan- Alan, Alan yeah, Baldwin but there's a what Baldwin are the, what, involved Stephen Baldwin one of the lesser known Baldwin? yeah yeah there's a Baldwin yeah, involved yeah. somewhere not the guy from Coronation Street Short it's called Slither and it's basically an alien lands in, on Earth and it's just really spiky and infiltrates people and mutates them and Michael Ruckard <laughs> that sounds painful if the spiky Michael Rucker who plays the main mutated alien doesn't look particularly good um, <laughs> that's an early James Gunn and a little cheeky easter egg in Guardians of the Galaxy because in the collector's room is one of those aliens alright so James Gunn when I realised but well, he'd been sacked, didn't he, by Marvel at the time? He had.
1: He's since been rehired. Well, you can but understand not before why. he took this yeah. job on.
0: Well that's the funny thing, is that he got sacked and DC went we'll have a better you and then Marvel decided they probably need to take him back for the third film because none of the cast were going to return and then he went well you'll have to wait now won't you because I'm doing this you can tell it's a James Gunn film from the moment it starts just wonderful
1: what do we think is different what flopped so massively with the previous one that clearly hasn't for you anyway safe to say this current one it's received more accolades accolades well It's it's received more accolades Please edit out my inability to speak the Queen's English. Say
0: it again, then <laughs> I'll... do no, I insist you
1: leave it in. I'm fine being humiliated. Yeah, it's received a lot more accolades than the previous one, which largely gets slaughtered. does. What's different?
0: This time round, the production company didn't meddle in it. The thing with DC, and you'll see it as across other DC properties, it's a darker tone to their films. I think Batman, Marvel, always... Shooker. darker. Well, <laughs> let me come back to you on that one, because I, I actually... <laughs> so you, I've heard some other information for anyone
1: who's yeah. listening to the first time do you want to explain why you're just inside and internally there is a war going on
0: Not with myself is with everyone who thinks the Joker film with what's his name Joaquin yeah. Phoenix in so it the internal war really just dealing with stupid people who don't know what Joker film is is the fact that the Joker film that came out with Joaquin Phoenix isn't a Joker film although
1: He's I like think it. it is in part because I have no skin in the game I'm just quite happy to keep in <laughs> that fire because I love watching Mark just slightly turn red start the twitch with his eye and tell me implicitly why a film he's not yet watched
0: that's true I've not gone through it because it's just (laughs) I've managed to get to the I think 10 minutes in before my eyes rolled again let me just (laughs) Let me answer the first question first. We we would have done a podcast on this film if you'd have actually watched the bleeding film. We could have wheeled Gareth in. We could have kidnapped Gareth and got him in because he's seen the film. Let me answer the first question about why this film was better than (laughs) the last one. And we'll come back to the Joker film because I get the feeling you've unearthed a can of worms the reason this worked, James Gunn had freedom to do much as he has done with Guardians of the Galaxy he has taken a lesser known group of people and made them valuable to the fan base and considering it's made over a billion pound at the box office he's done a damn fine job he's done exactly the same here the last film the 2016 David Ayer film because of the fact that Marvel managed to do a combination of action tell a story have a good narrative and throw in a bit of humour along the way so it breaks up the whole thing DC went I think we'll try a bit of that so the production company or whoever is in charge of it decided to meddle and they ended up reshooting the third act of the film fucking the whole thing up you've also got other stories that were taken out and cut scenes which means it changes the way the story went particularly with the relationship between harley quinn and the joker and you'll know this these are like core comic book characters it ruins the story you don't understand It becomes disjointed and then you've got jared leto who i don't think is a particularly good version of the joker Heath ledger for me by far is the Dicey Jack Nicholson? So the Michael Keaton period because I include Christopher Nolan's as the trilogy that's it in its own nutshell yeah yeah can't get better than that for that particular time for that period the Joker in that Heath Ledger's Joker is amazing to take the Tim Burton universe Jack Nicholson hands yeah. down and then if you want to include the 60s show the Joker in that whose name can't remember for that period because it was quite campy in the 60s and of its time was the great Joker when you've had Heath Ledger and you've had Jack Nicholson to start getting pretenders to the throne with Jared Leto Mike it was Heath just Phoenix, a
1: bit try Ad, wasn't It
0: It was absolutely that, and he was trying to be his own thing, and there was other stories he sent rats to members of the cast to be in method actor, when really, the Joker's not mad, he just wants to see the world burn, and nobody can realise why he just wants to be that way, and he is a counterpoint to Batman, that's why it works. Batman doesn't kill people, the Joker would kill you in a heartbeat, and the two bounce off each other, that's why it works really, really well. To have that happen, and then cut it all to make it better, and then try and stitch it all together, you ended up with this plot B to the Suicide Squad 2016 version, which did didn't work well the actual villain it was a CGI it was nightmare. Weird. I mean, it was awful, wasn't it? Yeah, and then you had the Enchantress, the DC version, not to be confused with our Loki show available on the two marks. And that acting was just diabolical. Then you had almost like they did with the Justice League—a quick whistle-stop tour of. Oh, by the way, here's such and such, and by the way, he's a badass as Killer Croc. It just was an ensemble that people didn't care about. And considering the fact, the only way you would know is if you were a comic book fan or watched the Arrowverse, where they were about to introduce the Suicide Squad, but were told by. Warner Brothers, you're not allowed to use those characters because we're making a film, and then fuck the film up. It spoiled <laughs> it, really. James Gunn has just excelled because he has brought in lesser-known characters and provided a small continuity to the last one, just to quickly top-end that with the Joker film. Basically... <laughs> He's gotta get this off his chest. Just to get it done, what I've been made aware of is there's another Joker film being made that is about the Joker, and that it's now common knowledge that that one isn't the Joker, it's just a guy who's called himself the Joker.
1: Right. So, there you go. Do you feel better if that happens?
0: Oh, well, let's just <laughs> see for what it's like first I still stand by the fact Heath Ledger well I know he's dead and, and and obviously Jack Nicholson's a bit old but if it ain't broke don't fix it what you can do and is provided proof by this film is you can bring in characters that no one knows just do it I mean Marvel's been doing it for 23 films why can't DC go well, let's put Superman on ice and put Batman on ice for the moment let's bring in people who nobody knows and build a whole universe around them people would go and see them if they mm. were written properly and it was done in a proper way
1: okay I want to drill down a bit more into why we think Think this movie's been received better or we perceive it as being better than the previous version we can come to that i suppose i need to frame this on the basis that at the moment we're doing a, a marvel rewatch with ishtar which is also available on the two marks channel what we're enjoying is experiencing her journey in watching the marvel movies for the first time now unfortunately i've underestimated her enthusiasm therefore the amount of research she has done and the amount of information she's absorbed from you over just the two shows we've done so far which is Captain America The First Avenger and Captain Marvel because we're watching it in time chronological order not release order so I think she's nearly as expert on Marvel stuff as I am at the minute but she's learning everything is fresh to her eyes because she doesn't have the background knowledge that you have because she hasn't read the comics which is the same as I was when I was watching Marvel the first time round you were furnishing me with the information. DC I am exactly right back to where Ishtar is at the minute with Marvel, in Safaris. I haven't read the comics. I know the obvious people that either I knew from past experiences or the people who we've now seen in films like Aquaman. I didn't know who Aquaman was before the movie came out. I knew Wonder Woman was from the 70s TV show. Seen the million reincarnations of Batman and Superman. Sort of beyond those prime characters. I'm utterly clueless. I know about Harley Quinn, which is ironic, because of featuring in the previous Suicide Squad and obviously the Birds of Prey again beyond that I don't really know a huge amount about all these people for me I'm approaching this almost as a a movie lover who loves these kind of films hoping to be entertained having none of the background knowledge that I thoroughly enjoy feasting upon in Marvel movies because that's now become so intertwined they drop an easter egg in that I recognise I get really excited whereas at the moment they could drop an easter egg and I'll drive straight past it (laughs) because I don't even know it's an easter egg so I'm reliant on upon this being an entertaining film to keep me enthralled because I haven't got that extra stuff that you're probably still yeah, picking up on. That's fair. So it'd be interesting for us to discuss this film if only from the perspective of you're now talking to the particularly idiot me <laughs> and I'm sort of looking to you to point out the Easter egg that I've just driven straight past that anyone who reads any form of comics is going oh my God, did you just see that?
0: That's a, probably a good way to approach it because you've seen Bear to Pray film which I didn't particularly think was. It was bad. a bit nah. It continues Harley's story if you were interested in that. If you're familiar with the Birds of Prey characters it would resonate with you if you happen to have watched the 90s show Birds of Prey you'd probably pick up on some things. For example Barbara Gordon is Oracle. Commissioner Gordon's daughter. Black Canary is in the Arrowverse. Titan's out now. I watch all of those things and I also played the games. Yeah. wouldn't say as avidly as Marvel but have read that Long Halloween and certain graphic novels. You know like Neil Gaiman wrote Lucifer but he's writing Sandman which is coming to Netflix which is DC lots and lots of DC content out there and there's lots and lots of DC properties that fans could absorb you see I didn't even know that Lucifer was a DC character that's partly the problem people discount some of the TV shows and because DC are forever rebooting and rebranding you know it was world of DC then it's the DC EU, and then it's the Arrowverse then it's not the Arrowverse it's the CWverse because Arrow's finished people are like I don't even know where to to begin if you watch gotham for example yeah you've got a prequel you've also got pennyworth a prequel to the prequel because it's about pennyworth when he was growing up and being part of the sas and then you've got gotham before batman was batman
1: and it's shit as well gotham's particularly rubbish because they bring in all the characters that you expect in one of those ridiculously convenient ways it just so happens that the penguin is in gotham does he need to be there can we not set the foundations so that anyway we're going off we piece are... there aren't we we
0: could spend a whole podcast just discussing the various iterations of those characters i think it comes a point where you get fatigued with it's the spider-man thing it's not the new ones because they're great because he's done a harry potter approach with things as ideal it's the rebooting of spider-man which how many times do you need to tell someone the story of peter parker's uncle people know it it's implied let's move on to the next part which is why the new movies work the same with batman everyone gets fatigued so this is good it's James. Gun, he writes well he tells good stories that draw people in the music's good the way it's filmed it always makes sense and there's always a payoff there wasn't interference from anyone else yeah and it wasn't delayed and they weren't doing reshoots
1: I think I enjoyed this one better than the other one because it feels more like the Suicide Squad that I'd been led to believe was the comic book one ie everyone dies everyone is likely to die. That's where the name comes from. It's an ironic state of affairs if the members of the suicide squad all survive because they're all huge high rating paid stars. Will Smith was never getting wiped out, was he? No. Because he's the main character and I suppose you could argue that with Idris Elba but by virtue of the way that the story progressed you were never 100% convinced he was going to survive because everyone else gets wiped out at some point in some
0: because people say was it a sequel my point would be it's kind of a secret sequ-
1: I thought it was just a bit of a piss take continuance it was James Gunn going you made the right dog's bollocks of this but I'm going to tie that up and I'm going to incorporate it and for those people who enjoy this film they're almost going to smile an ironic smile that I'm still using stuff from the shit show that was the first one in this one which has been so much more successful
0: it's implied that this suicide squad they go on missions continually and that was just another mission that they went on, and some of the characters have carried across to that. But he very cleverly nips that in the bud in the first Well, he wipes most of them out. Yeah, the first five minutes, all these people you've just you've aligned yourself with and go, Oh, he's back, he's back, dead.
1: And then you've got new ones, because you've got the guy from The Walking Dead, Michael Rucker's in there, and you think, yeah. Okay, he's not a small actor okay. these days. He gets binned off.
0: <laughs> he plays the character Savant, so he's in the opening scene with his ball bouncing off Yeah, that's yeah. His thing. You think, Oh, this is gonna be good, and then he gets wiped out along with most the others. What he's done there very cleverly is he's nipped all that in the bud so the next part of the film just as its own thing.
1: But there were some characters who still continued so you had Amanda Waller we also had Colonel Rick Flagg sort of the Maybe. two continuous ones I suppose we should have it. in case you're not and aware spoilers. we are going to spoil the film yeah. although one assumes you've seen, you've seen it if you're listening to a Suicide Squad film but anyway yeah. there's your warning he obviously dies at the end but he keeps him throughout the film and he plays yeah. quite an integral part of the film and then he just wipes him out at the end I like that because James Gunn appears to have come in with a I don't give a shit attitude. I quite like the fact he's gone, yeah, I know you made a mess of that one, but I'm going to use that to my own advantage. I'm going to make it Link because I'm from the Marvel Universe and that's how we do things. I'll introduce a load of characters nobody knows anything about. I'm not going to dwell too much on giving you the deep depth analysis of why they're all broken. I'll give you enough where you sort of understand who they are and what makes them operate, but I want the rest of it just to be funny. For me, I pulled from this film it's funny and lots of death and blood and guts
0: which is right up your street because what you've got here is exactly the thing you like with the game of thrones storytelling and that's why i think it's another reason it works because you just watch the film without getting too entrenched in the minutiae doesn't matter where he's come from he's on a beach bleeding out you know (laughs) um the biggest build-up because nathan fillion is one of his mates he was playing tdk the the detachable oh yes because he didn't quite make it to the course of guardians of the galaxy it was a deleted scene there was a big thing like who's he going to play because obviously it's nathan and he lost loads of weight and I was like oh, what's he going to be doing and so there was a huge build-up to this guy who was the detachable kid and basically he was shit <laughs> he, he was. got his arms just his to, arms come uh, off and that was and they, it but they all move at the slowest pace ever and they just slap people's faces so he's getting shot up on the beach then they're all doing jump cuts to all of the characters one's been blown up the guy who's dobbed them all in I forgot when his name is Blackgate or whatever he is but he's dead weasel drowned Savant swimming off and he gets his head blown off because he's a deserter well this is the shortest film ever cut to team be And now you see The Suicide Squad. That was good because it wrapped all that story up a homage to the other film. You don't get bogged down, then you just watch the movie as a movie while you're going, well, that's not what happened in the first one. You get to see loads of characters. The source material for some of these characters will be the comics, the Arrowverse, or other TV shows. Oh, I would say the games. Yeah. I know a lot of the characters from TV shows and the games.
1: Who was your MVP or your favourite character from
0: this? Bloodsport. Yeah. Well, when I post on our Instagram, Bloodsport sports my go to.
1: Is it? Yeah. So he was your favourite anyway, so yeah. you are made up that he was in. Well
0: I liked what they did with him. That's interesting,
1: so he was your favourite character before you came in, before Idris Elba had done anything, and when you go in, how accurate was he playing that character from the one that you clearly already liked, and or what did he bring to the table specifically that either enhanced it or made it shine a bit?
0: Well I'd redesigned his armour, got a bit of Easter egg on that later on. I just like Idris Elba he played English.
1: He didn't even really play as much well yeah, i suppose he did play as an anti-hero but it was a bit of a deadpool type anti-hero yes. wasn't it
0: so i always rally for those type of characters i like villains anyway i like typical english villain brits do villains far better than americans do and also he isn't just english he's not like a tom hiddleston rp english he's your essex boy or your london type cockney villain who actually is nice in a way he played the character really well i like the design of his armor i thought he was funny where he's trying to save harley in particular I thought that was a funny scene oh that was brilliant because he's climbing up the wall in bloody Jesus sandals and his helmet and a pair of shorts
1: I think okay. that's probably one of the funniest scenes as yeah. well she's like oh, would you, oh oh, do you want me to go back in I yeah. thought yeah I like that scene uh,
0: before that Harley Quinn I like Harley Quinn yeah. what about you Ooh, well so
1: Harley Quinn was the standout star from the first one
0: absolutely hands down I
1: thought she was good in Birds of Prey but I, I feel sometimes when you get too much of a good thing it doesn't feel as special so I enjoyed that film but because it was all awesome, Harley Quinn I feel like I got too much of the thing I wanted in this film I feel you got that right balance of how much Harley Quinn again because she was back to her A game Oh, absolutely I mean the way she just killed that fella that she just blown senseless (laughs) on the basis that she has a bad taste in men and therefore just needed to kill him because he clearly would be a bad guy because all her guys are bad guys Mm. was genius and then of course she had the whole rescue scene and it was just typical Harley Quinn where she's wandering around she don't give a shit she gets herself in bother and she sort of just figures it all out somehow
0: and she can hold her own she, yeah, yeah. she's an independent strong character
1: as well I love her she was great I did like the way Idris Elba played Bloodsport the whole reticence to get involved in the mission until he was strong armed with the kid even though when you saw the conversation with the kid he was clearly the worst parent figure there was there was no I love my kid I want to make sure my kid doesn't follow in my footsteps let's protect him thing it was he was a knob to the kid as well. It was only because he had a pang of conscience that thought, I can't let her go to prison for life because her mum, who was a, now I'm not being derogatory but I think he was like, your mum's a whore and has died or has left you and I'm a shit show of a father and I'd never wanted you in the first place but I'd hate for someone to hold me responsible for your life going down the toilet, which kind of came across as what his MO was for Mm. joining the Suicide Squad, which doesn't generally lend itself to a hero ethos, does it? So I like that. I also really like John Cena.
0: Oh, Peacemaker. Peacemaker. I thought
1: Peacemaker was brilliant, just purely because he was the biggest nerd
0: of a douche, of a character who thought he was the shit. And still kind of was in a way, but... His character is funny because he's Peacemaker, but he will kill anybody for peace. Yeah. And the best scene, apart from the one where he's shooting, well, he was going to shoot the secretary in the window who wasn't doing anything, was the one on the beach and he's like, well, what would you do if there was a whole pile of dicks on the beach? And he's like, I would suck every dick on this beach if it meant peace it's like every dick every dick on this beach it's like wow
1: yeah he's all for liberty and freedom except for the people who don't agree with him who need to be killed even though technically that is liberty and freedom having the opinion he made no sense which is why I thought he was brilliant yeah, he had a shit helmet a pretty wanky costume Yeah, but he wore
0: it and he did it and I kind of <laughs> like that's what I liked about. It was like you are so ridiculous well a scene when they're woken up in the woods and he's just in his underpants and everyone's like why are you in your underpants why are you? you know in a forest that's full of ticks and, and snakes that he's gone he's got his wife's and on and his helmet and everyone else is fully dressed he's like why are you in your underpants why would why would you want to get naked in a filthy jungle and then the other scene which is probably next best one is when they wipe out every one of the freedom fighters <laughs> Yes.
1: and it's a pissing contest between, between blood and yeah
0: and different ways to kill them and then again they go "Right, I'll get on my freedom well you say you say freedom fighters because they were quite
1: brutal with the way that yeah. they did that yeah this is what was seriously lacking from the first one it was that we don't give a shit attitude mm. so let's just take that scene in isolation you've got the blood and gore of just mercilessly killing these people I mean some of the ways they killed them were unnecessarily brutal over the top yeah absolutely they didn't hesitate we shows you the mindset of why they were in prison in the first place and why they're now part of the suicide squad and then you've got the irony of the fact that they've just wiped out the good guys and then even when they find out the fact that they don't give a shit they're like oops that my bad let's move on that's where this sort of James Gunn I don't give a shit vibe came Mm -hmm. through which is why I found it particularly funny it was almost slapstick but it wasn't so far slapstick that it became ridiculous if that makes sense it's fundamentally ridiculous film. And if you look at it, what happened, how they kill people, the aliens, all of that stuff is just utterly ridiculous. A bit like Guardians of the Galaxy. But the way in which the story was told, you kind of go, yeah, but it's really funny.
0: It's not a parody of itself.
1: Yeah, that's it, what. Th- yeah. That's a great way of describing and it.
0: The those scenes work because you've got the competitiveness and that they think it's a rescue mission. And actually, they've killed the people that were helping them liberate the place they're in. As you say, they don't care. And that's why it works. You shouldn't be laughing because there's just been outrageous gory killings but it's funny and just to
1: emphasise his attitude to the whole Suicide Squad story arc or the characters the introduction of some of the most ridiculous characters for no apparent reason other than they were ridiculous he so got the polka dot man which I thought was brilliant A because it's ridiculous power B he looks ridiculous but C he's quite a dangerously warped mentally unstable individual mm-hmm. because of how he he's wound up doing that which made him a brilliant character because he was massively more powerful than you'd expect he looked ridiculous doing it but he was a huge danger to himself and everyone else by virtue of the mental damage caused by his mum and then you also had who was the guy with the brain plugs in his head Oh, the thinker he served zero purpose in this story if you think about it I mean I know it was alluded to that he was doing experiments Mm -hmm. on the alien thing the big bad and what have you but we didn't see him doing anything and we didn't see enough scenes where he actually added any depth to the story whatsoever but he was a ridiculous man with plugs in his head there was an excuse for James Gunn to blow him up or throw him into the pond or yeah. have him ripped limb from limb or whatever it was that ultimately happened and that seemed to be his approach he was like you're ridiculous in the story I'm going to do something ridiculous to you the bad guys you've got the handsome suave general who's taken over the country he gets gotted by Harley Queen pretty quickly and you're thinking that's brilliant because usually it's the suave Sexy villain guy who will be the big bad and will be throughout. That would involve sticking to the rules and because we're Suicide Squad there are no rules hence you're getting gutted by Harley Quinn after you've had some (laughs) because she's got issues.
0: Like a praying mantis.
1: Oh it was brilliant.
0: I understand the conversation that was had between Warner Brothers and James Gunn is that he had certain people he was told he had to kill but everybody else was kind of open season. Then others were just killed because it served the narrative. Good level of freedom for a movie maker what about the shark boy, or whatever he's called? King Shark. Is that what his name is, King Shark? He's called Nana Ooze, because he's like a god, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, King Shark is what you'd know him as. So, we had
1: the crocodile in... Oh, Killer Croc. Killer Croc in the first one, yeah. and you've also got the shark in this one, and I suppose there was a risk. I personally had a huge amount of prejudice towards that character this time round because of my experiences from the first one, okay. and it still took me 10 or 15 minutes to find me gear with the shark it's guy. A gamble, isn't it? Because they're so weird looking and so different. But even he was a good character in the end because he just wanted to eat everyone.
0: <laughs> well, the rat catcher too is when she's sleeping and he's just slowly about to nibble down on her. He gets told off. Yeah, uh, she's like, you were going to eat me. So it's like as you take the most serious thing ever and find it funny. Yeah. But you don't know why it's really funny if you wanted to grind down to why it's funny. It's just circumstance and the way people react to that circumstance, that makes it funny because eating somebody is inherently bad, particularly if it's a shark. So, to have someone who's fast asleep anyway, vulnerable, and being eaten and just slowly going in and then go, hmm, No, no, no.
1: Yeah. But it was balanced by the fact that these people's morals were slightly skewed with. Mm. So, they were quite happy to give him permission to eat other people. Whereas, obviously, Batman and Superman are like, You're not eating anyone because yeah. eating anyone is bad. You need to live off dead animal meat for your entire life. Whereas, they're like, Well, they're bad guys, so you can eat them. And he's a dick you can eat him <laughs> you can't eat them because that'll just cause us problems that's the only reason you can't eat them because we'll get into trouble and that's bad for us not because we're good people and we don't want to eat other perceived good people i thought because he was portrayed as a slightly dumb character i thought that was going to be a bit irritating you know how you have these dumb characters who do dumb things again slapstick style but the character wasn't like that in the end he didn't really do anything dumb he just did things that felt perfectly natural so you you would find him having eaten someone because he was hungry mm. and that was kind of his natural thing to do but he wasn't doing dumb shit if that makes
0: sense i think that's the good thing about how you can develop characters without your eyes rolling because you get led in thinking oh I hope he's not going to be dumb through the course of his growth because again unless you know the comics unless you know other properties that you've seen on tv or through games you won't know who he is so this is the first watch for most people you've got that small time to build gravity towards the character and again you know a character that's probably not known by many people because technically you would have seen him in Aquaman there's no reason why you wouldn't have seen him in Aquaman it's just little moments like you know when he's running around the room and those little cheeky fish following him he's just caught up in the whole of that excitement of being chased by his little fish which doesn't end well that's a scene that possibly could have been people would have gone, it doesn't serve any purpose but actually what it does is it shows you he's a shark that will eat people but also a bit of joy with him
1: well it's not even that it's just it's his natural habitat it's water there's fish that's no. kind of where he's supposed to be sharks do eat everything all the time, do they? Unless they're particularly hungry, they will only eat the stuff they want to eat. Like I don't like mushrooms, so unless I was on a desert island where there are only mushrooms, I would avoid eating mushrooms. But if I had to eat mushrooms because I was starving, I'd probably, no, scrap that because I'd sooner die of starvation. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily eat everything, don't sharks. So the idea of him just wanting to be in there is great. And that adds more depth to him as a character. Whereas going back to the croc. Killer
0: croc. Killer yeah. Croc,
1: I mean, Christ, that was a dire character. He was very serious, very dangerous, very... You don't mm. want to mess with him, and then obviously he'll kill people because he's a crocodile. Whereas the sh- <laughs> the, sh- the, sh- the shark had more depth. He yeah. built the relationship with Ratcatcher. He built an affinity to the rest of the team.
0: It's interesting because if you consider that King Shark is CGI and Killer Croc was actually makeup, it's interesting that you've got more of an affinity with a, a non-physical character because it was motion capture. I mean, even Weasel motion capture. So you've got two characters that essentially don't exist in real life. Killer Croc was mostly makeup. Maybe they've added a bit of CGI just to give some flourishes, but generally that's an actual person playing that character. So the fact you've come away and added more value to a non-existing character is a good thing, isn't it?
1: Oh, very much so. I think that's more down to the storytelling. Not least because you have characters like Colonel Rick Flagg, played by Joel Kinnaman. He was in the first one and was again in the second one. It was just that humorous, situational circumstance that gun puts him in that even breaks down the prejudices you would have had from this serious SAS, I'm in charge or I'll kill you soldier. So he came into this one with exactly that same brief, he wasn't any different a character, but it was the ridiculous circumstances he found himself in which forced him to have to just go along with the ride basically. And adapt, yeah. And I thought it was quite nice since that first film you could see he had a developed relationship with Harley Quinn
0: That's where the link is between the fact that he it is in some ways a sequel they've obviously built up a rapport now for me when i was watching it as far as i was concerned is this was just another mission of many missions and if you take it along the lines of amanda waller is essentially talisa valis from the dirty dozen if you know any of the dirty dozen films all he does is grab 12 people they go on a mission whoever lives will they get freedom or the sentence reduced because that's all suicide squad is, is. and so rick flag's just doing his job as team leader they just bring people in to suit whatever the mission is as far as i'm aware it is a sequel he doesn't dwell on it you don't need to worry about getting bogged down on the old one I know what they're trying to do is like they did with the Snyder cut is release the cut that David Ayer did do before everyone else got involved and gagged in on it and maybe it may shift people's perceptions but we haven't seen that yet so you can only judge it on what we've seen and this by far is a better movie
1: the relationship between him and Harley Quinn I found particularly poignant almost there was that kinsmanship because they've obviously been in battle together before so they've been there they've got each other's backs (laughs) He still understands she's a complete raving lunatic and keeps himself a sufficient distance where you can see he's genuinely fond of her and she's fond of him because he's fond of her. So she's getting a reciprocal respect that perhaps she's not accustomed to, but he still keeps himself at sufficient arm's length because she's a raving lunatic. And that comes across quite nicely. And they sort of tied that into a almost humorous setting so it didn't jar against the (laughs) ridiculousness Of what else was going wrong. Essentially, they walk around with a big shark, a fellow with a big shiny head, head on his head, yeah. and all of these things could very easily become so daft, but much the same as Guardians of the Galaxy. They really zoned in on the really lovable aspects of each of their personalities and characters, so that by the end of the film, you did genuinely feel an affinity for each of them in the same way as with the Guardians. You did. You've got Groot, who only says, Groot, that is the only word he uses, yeah. and yet how many people people love Groot and that's because of the personality traits they zone in on they did much the same with King Shark and with Bloodsport
0: well that's exactly why you can tell it's a better movie because he writes characters which don't need to say a lot it's about the situational positioning of the character how they are with the other characters on screen and how those characters respond to them so Groot as you say only says Groot the entire time but the rest of the team know what he means and they change the dynamic of that because of the team structure yeah it's just a good did you
1: know Sly Stallone played King Shark yeah I did yeah. oh wow I didn't it would have helped to have done some research before we started <laughs>
0: That was another role that was rumoured and they were trying to work out who he was going to play. They never ever even considered the fact he'd be doing a voiceover. I mean, it's brilliant. He was made up about that job. What did we think
1: about the big ending? In the first one, there was a ridiculous intergalactic doomsday scenario with Enchantress and whatever the chuff it was she was getting up to. With her brother. There was a little bit of a similar vibe to this with a gargantuan starfish thing. Daro. Yeah.
0: We've technically with seen this before.
1: Human zombie stuff going on. It's sort of an equally intergalactic doomsday scenario and it's equally as unbelievable from a real world type perspective. Why have we perhaps been more accommodating for this new ridiculous big bad than we perhaps were with Enchantress? Because we didn't get any backstory about the starfish particularly. I mean, we learned a little bit, but nothing that added any meat to the bone per se. I didn't know that he had wife and kids at home and was trying to breed across the universe for whatever reason. You know, I didn't really care about the character but I was more accepting of this ludicrous scenario than Enchantress waving her arms around with wishy-washy smoke billowing everywhere.
0: I think it was just the tone of the film, wasn't it? There was a light-heartedness so I think your acceptance level is greater because the other one was a darker tone and Enchantress coupled with, in my humble opinion, poor CGI, poor storytelling, the speed in which things kind of happened. Like, oh by the way here's my brother you're now possessed as the enchantress because you found this artifact now which contains an ancient being and then you release it and it suddenly takes over a subway station and next minute it's taken over downtown new york it just happened very quickly but starro obviously it's not new 30 years he's been under government control and he's a bit pissed off he's been left the ending of the whole story which is one of the saddest lines in this movie is starro says he was just happy floating in the sky looking at the stars he wasn't trying to take over anywhere he was minding his own business and and then NASA grabbed him and started doing experiments on him for 30 years. Well, there's your problem. You're going to piss someone off. So he becomes a victim of his environment. Which God knows what's been done to him. That's why the thinker gets torn apart by him. 30 years or more of being prodded, grubbed. Well, if you look at the experiments they do on, on the people who are the mindless zombies, they're all in different states. One's missing the head and one's got no eyes. And so they're not doing particularly nice things with his offspring. Yeah. Essentially, when he's free, he's probably going to be a bit unhappy. <laughs> you think? The between that in terms of the story compared to some CGI top heavy character that has been given not enough airtime to be appreciated by the fans and then is rushed and shoehorned into a bigger thing because don't forget Suicide Squad featured Batman, it was on the back of Justice League and it was on the back of everything else they were trying to shoehorn in. There's probably people going oh come on just do a good story. So we've added a palate cleanser and now we're doing this and I just think that although is a massive starfish next to the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man Well that's Tom.
1: immediately why I thought when it was yeah. Wandering around.
0: It's just plumping itself on all buildings and everything. He's angry when he gets got and he just says, oh, I was only happy just floating around looking at the stars, which is a bit sad, really, because he actually probably wasn't going to do anything. In the comics, I think he's called Starro the Conqueror. <laughs> the irony. Yeah. I think from the, what you get from that is actually he wasn't trying to do anything bad, he's just pissed off, and wherever he is, he's just attacking them because as far as he's concerned, they are the enemy. Yeah. Tying into the fact that you've got this ridiculous team of people fits in well, doesn't it? That you'd have a ridiculous team of people that are attacking a ridiculous villain. polka dot has probably got one of the most strongest powers there is. Cloudsport says pretend it's your (laughs) mum! I can't do anything! He's like, he's not working. I was like, pretend it's your mum! And he's just got this giant mum's face on the star. Again, it adds to the whole theme of the film, isn't it? It's funny. You're not going to come away going, I best watch out for massive starfish. You kind of take it as a popcorn movie, standalone if you will, and you come away enjoyed and satisfied. That You might not know all the characters, but that's okay. You've made an
1: interesting statement there, which is, as a standalone, it's obviously not. No. Because it's a sequel to the first one, with the way in which they've done it. Mm. DC seem to have decided that they need to get their shit together at some point. So, Batman. The new one. The new one. Again, they're bringing that out. They don't appear to have quite severed ties with Superman. They've got Wonder Woman still coming out, albeit we personally thought 1984 was A a horrible experience. They do seem to be wanting to build a universe, and given that this one ties into what was the First Attempt universe, and this one's been quite successful, mm. one assumes they're going to want to tie it into a future universe.
0: I think they'll get James come back to do more. They've got quite a lot on their plate at the moment, because you have got the Shazam sequel. Because the first one of that was quite good. It wasn't yeah. r- rubbish. No, it, it, what I call them popcorn movies. Yeah. It's a movie you go in, you don't necessarily need to know the ins and outs of the characters. You enjoy it, you enjoy you, come the away. Film, you come away. You don't feel like you've wasted your money. You
1: come like, away with gunged up inside, innards, with cheese uh, expecting it. a hot ring
0: Because that did well, they're doing a sequel. Then you've got Black Adam, which gets convoluted. See our <laughs> Captain Marvel. Yeah, see the Captain
1: Marvel in the Marvel rewatch yeah. for Mark's attempt to explain that. Yes,
0: I like The Rock. I think Dwayne Johnson is. we well, can tell by the fact he's in everything. He's a good actor. I think he has the charisma to carry off a lot of the characters he plays. Black Adam for me will be a good movie. I'll go and watch that. Aquaman the sequel. Yeah, I didn't like the first one. Well, it was, it was the deaging. The decent. again, it's too scenes. Yeah, oh, it was all CGI. You end up having the Green Lantern. When you go to CGI, fans just go, no, put a bit of effort in. Practical effects work. We know what they work as J.J. Abrams uses them. They work well.
1: Yeah. And they age well. See the more recent Star Wars.
0: Yeah, even he, in one of the films he did, went back to doing Stop... Motion. on the chessboard which is what they did in the 70s and it works the Slater films coming out for DC there's a few of them taking them a good few years to get their act together but they're trying to be a bit like Marvel and even Sony are trying to be a bit like Marvel now none of
1: them feel like they've quite got the shit together yet though not. doesn't feel like there's a plan yet they might have one written down but I've not seen any evidence of there being a particular one so the reboot of Batman feels more like Affleck wasn't happy working within the confines of what he was and maybe they they didn't feel that the Affleck Batman had the same impact they were hoping for. So let's get a new one in. Now, I know DC's is very much about different timelines and universes, which gives them the get-out-of-jail-free card for explaining all of this other mm. stuff. But that's not really a plan. That's relying upon the ultimate, oh, yeah, but if A is wrong, please C, B.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is the case, because you can't keep rebooting your characters. You've got the new Batman film, but then you've also got the Flashpoint film, which contains Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton. so you've got another potentially Batman's in it and I think I don't know whether Christian Bale I think Christian Bale was offered 50 million to be in it and and I'm not sure whether he said yes we'll see it might be one of those secret cameos I'm looking forward to that film well Uh, I thought Ben Affleck was
1: quite a good bat
0: the older version of that character who's been battered and has battle scars then yeah having seen the proper Justice League film he's probably done a better job in that well that's
1: it and probably even the Batman v Superman that wasn't the extended version of that makes it a better the film.
0: It does. I don't discount him as a Batman. I just think it gets tedious when you keep rebooting it. And for the fans, it becomes a money maker. You know the story of Batman. You, you know, your mum was killed with a dad shot in an alley after the theatre. Alright, tell a different story. Having seen Gotham, but you know everything back to front, upside down. Pick on things like the starting to do. is like, okay, Aquaman. If you like it, you like it. Wonder Woman the first one. Instead of getting all woke about stuff. Other lesser known properties they could work with. So you don't actually have to be a fan of the character.
1: This Suicide Squad is a perfect example. As I said, I've got no book background, I just know I enjoy comic book films that are done well. Exactly that. And this was just a comic book film done well, and so I can just enjoy it as that popcorn movie as opposed to anything more detailed that I now expect from Marvel, only because I've had 23 movies and 3 official, but another 5 non-official TV series that has added a depth to my understanding of how it all works.
0: And you've not changed the characters? No. I'll caveat that with a couple Edward Norton.
1: Yeah, the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> see our debate in Captain America Marvel
0: Rewatch but also the guy who plays War Machine because he wanted more money they replaced him there's a couple of changes but they're not changes because they're rebooting the character it's because of people being greedy or knobheads and <laughs> <laughs> hashtag c edward norton for information marvel on the whole just tell a good story and payoff for you is you'll have seen something years ago the payoff is further down the road with this one as soon as it becomes tired they redo the story he's like well we already know the story just do better stories so i have a feeling dc a wheel james come back in we may even get a sequel well i know for a fact there's definitely a spin-off because there's the hbo max peacemaker series coming out in four months you see
1: peacemaker very much reminds me of the punisher yes in his approach to everything's black and white
0: but a ridiculous version
1: yeah a yeah. ridiculous version of the punisher and i think you can have a lot of fun with yeah. the hypocrisy of that character
0: that's a good example because the punisher doesn't stop he'll just kill people
1: but well, you're either right or you're wrong yeah. you're good or you're bad well, if
0: you're bad your chances are you're gonna kill peacemaker if you're good but you're in the way of him trying to get peace you're dead <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of taking that character and flipping it it's like Deadpool is basically a piss take on Deathstroke so you've got these Marvel characters playing off against DC characters Yeah. and because James Gunn to think is directing the Peacemaker TV show and um, that ties into the continuance what we see in the post credit scene
1: BC I'm looking forward to that. I didn't know that was on the slate oh, did you not? and I'm now looking forward to that because of what they've done in this okay. film and this is what I've been lacking from DC apart from occasional flashes so the first Wonder Woman I thought was really good. I enjoyed that. But because it was so isolated from everything else, I haven't really gotten excited about that because I didn't see where they were going to lead on to it. I was excited about the Justice League, but they managed to drop that fucking ball. Yeah. Although the 24-hour version is better. This I really thoroughly enjoyed. And so I am genuinely excited about watching a TV series about the Peacemaker because I enjoyed that character. I want more of that character. And that's all I want from the DC universe. I'm not a... well. I'd probably say I'm more Marvel than DC but that's more not through comics because I haven't read any of the comics. My bias towards the Marvel stuff is because Marvel's just done a better job of the stuff I've been exposed to and I'm more than happy for DC to pull that back because Batman and Superman were the first superheroes I was aware of. Mm,
0: That's a fair comment I think if DC had focused more on building a universe instead of just doing tentpole movies which sets up other things I think you would have had a better maybe a balance between Marvel and DC
1: well, the irony is my first exposure to superheroes was Christopher Reeve's Superman. Brilliant. And Michael Keaton's Batman. Brilliant. It wasn't as if DC have got off to a rocky start. They have given me some good stuff before Marvel even got into the equation. But now Marvel i have got me hooked for what hopefully will be what I've had a scintillating taste of in this movie. So, Easter eggs. You mentioned Easter eggs. Tell me what Easter eggs I may or may not have not seen, but may watch if and when I see this film, well, when I see this film again, because I'd happily watch this film again.
0: Yeah, it's one of the ones you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, not loads. Kind of covered the fact that this is a sequel and creates the backstory because of characters that carry across, like Boomerang and uh, Rick Flagg and Harley Quinn. The other thing is, they get reference to Corto Maltese, which is the place that this is set in, which was set up in The Dark Knight Returns, just as a fictitious place. It, it's like Russia. You can't call it Russia and offend the Russians. <laughs> but that's why, in Sorry, the
1: more but... recent times, Britain are baddies yes. because we're very hard to offend because we're just too polite so rather than offending Russia, other nations China. and China yeah, yeah, and causing genuine nuclear wars they just go we'll just pick on the English because they're not ass. And
0: we do villains very very well. Well know. at
1: one point we did rule the world with our villainy.
0: <laughs> yes I love it I love our heritage. We do it well and also if it keeps our guys in work happy days. Yeah. Markovia is the fictitious place that's in Russia but not Russia that gets used it's in like like Supergirl and Superman is always referenced in those. We get referenced to that uh, Bloodsport was put in prison because he shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet, which is kind of a link to the story in the comics. They've taken that bit, which is quite interesting because obviously we know Superman. Well, we've had the conversation with Superman many times. If you want to know what Mark's position is on Superman, start listening to our podcasts. <laughs> yeah, indeed. It <laughs> gets mentioned a lot, doesn't it? It does. I and haven't... I'm quite clear on my position. Oh, as absolutely. Well. And, I, and I support it. Now, there's two things here, and I'll let the fans and our listeners decide whether this is the case in the background as we mentioned james Gunn thrown in a couple of lesser known characters that are essentially easter eggs there's a character in there that's down on imdb as kaleidoscope right now there's also a character in dc comic called crazy quilt if it is crazy quilt it's not down in the imdb as crazy quilt but if it is they've changed it to be a female character and in the comics crazy quilt is an artist and master criminal who's blinded by a gunshot and can only see bright colours as a result of experiments. In this, which is down as Kaleidoscope, the difference between the two DC characters, Kaleidoscope can create hallucinations and illusions through light display based on the name. There we go, just maybe... Now, which one was Kaleidoscope? Because I'm looking at the... the picture of the actress. So when Bloodsport's walking through with Amanda Waller and he's saying, and she threatened about his daughter sitting on the table in the background... Like She's down, 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 his down his
1: kaleidoscope. as Kaleidoscope. I didn't even notice
0: her. Yeah, I'll let the fans listen into that. Now, also in this, now I know these characters from playing Arkham Asylum and similar games. Double Easter Egg, Sean Gunn, who played Weasel as a motion capture, also plays another character who's famous in the DC canon as Calendar Man. (laughs) Calendar Man. (laughs) They're
1: probably scraping the barrels when they're coming up with some of these characters, aren't they?
0: Calendar Man is is not specifically lesser known if you've played the games. It is if you're not a big fan of the comics or you've read them. Calendar Man is a killer who kills on certain times of the year, April Fool's and Christmas and things like that. So he plays him and has the distinctive tattoos around his head. Then. the other person is Double Down. Now Double Down in the comics is a character who basically has a magical deck of cards tattooed to him. You can peel them off which is why you see some of his flesh missing. It's a bit like Gambit in the Marvel universe but less grim. Because his cards are just a deck of cards that he's very good at killing people with. If you've
1: ever played Poke with me you'll also know that I'm a killer with the cards.
0: (laughs) Do you just throw them at people if you lose?
1: No. (laughs) George's a woman's nickname is
0: Origami. Oh why is that?
1: Because I fall too easily. Oh
0: nice. (laughs) Uh, In, in the realm of that up there with Sniper's Delight. Sniper's Dreams <laughs> King Shark is introduced and we obviously get his backstory being Nananu my pronunciation basically he's King of the Sharks I know him from the Arrowverse Project Starfish the inspiration is actually from a US government's 1962 nuclear testing program where they actually sent a Thor rocket into space which exploded trapping radiation in the atmosphere and that was the inspiration for this project
1: the governments have a lot to answer for on this planet don't <laughs> they doing-
0: Indeed. With regards to our conversation on Harley and how her story and origin has developed over the course of the movies, we'll notice she's got a new tattoo and her jacket's been upgraded. Before it said property of Joker, it now says property of no one, so they've updated that. Her jacket now has a little bit of a nod to a previous life of crime with the Joker and says live fast, die clown. We get, along with a lot of cameos from the Guardians of the Galaxy folk, which include Nathan Fillion, Sylvester Stallone, who actually played one of the original founders of the Guardians of the Galaxy, in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Michael Rucker, Sean Gunn, and Steve Agee. We get a Mantis cameo, but not really Mantis. The woman who plays Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy, Pom Clementif, is the woman singing in the bar they go to. Uh So he wheeled in his mates for that. The other thing that I thought was really cool and has been confirmed by James Gunn is the update to Bloodsport's tactical suit. The mask looks reminiscent of the alien xenomorph, and in fact, that's where they drew a lot of their creativeness from.
1: There's a few people... People there you've named who cross over between both Guardians and this film. You mentioned Mantis. Sly Stallone was in the second Guardians. Yeah. Who else was Well, Rooker there?
0: plays the Yondu.
1: Yeah, Yondu. I mean, it's quite interesting. Well, it's interesting insofar as it's interesting that Marvel and DC let these people <laughs> so readily flop between the two. You'd think they'd be a bit more precious about it. Although, I suppose, spoiler alert, if you've not seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but Yondu may not be a character that's, that's necessarily still in circulation so i guess he's now a free agent as it were
0: well sean gunn plays the motion capture for rocket raccoon as well as being one of the Ravagers. yeah well it's essentially what what his name does with his brother from happy days where,
1: oh yes yeah. the bald guy yeah
0: the one that's in all of them polka dot's origin is established now polka dot is a very interesting character because he in actual fact only ever appears in the comics twice in the whole history of the comics i can't he,
1: understand why well <laughs> he gets mentioned
0: I think in the 70s and then they do nothing with the character and I then, wonder why and then later on in this one they've slightly changed his origin because they make it that he was obviously experiments from Star Labs now the interesting point of why that's key is because as we know or may not know well that
1: was one of the easter eggs I did get I did get a love eggs. Ex- oh yeah I, okay. I obviously lent into the missus and went oh I know
0: that Star <laughs> Labs pretended I'm some sort of comic book guru well we know Star Labs because of Justice League yeah we know Star Labs because of Cyborg yeah however people will also no, Star Labs from The Flash. And Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Is he not Spider-Man? No. No. Who? Ignore that. <laughs> there you go. I've just slidged my chin. Everyone now can see I am a fraud. I, I am a sham. He's achieved what no one else could achieve as a Marvel DC crossover. <laughs> but this is
1: why I love Marvel stuff because now you finish with me with enough information where I can use your information to make myself sound intelligent. In fact, it's now got to the point where in our rewatch shows I am using his own facts against him. <laughs> Sitting there going, Oh, Mark, Ooh. you're so amazing. Your knowledge is deep and fruitful. And Mark's going, Hang
0: on a minute, I told him that. <laughs> He's just speaking before I do. That's the only difference. Dining out on the old stories. Yeah, yeah. So, you no know, Star Labs, and that, what that does is it ties into movies and TV properties. If DC decide to do something with it, maybe not. Jodenheim. Now, Jodenheim is important, which I got excited about because we all know Jodenheim from Marvel simply because it's the name, well, the Frost Giants in Thor. Yeah. But it's also, because it's Norse mythology, means it's open season and any fucker can use it. So i <laughs> have gone, I'll take your Frost Giant planet and I'll make it a huge tower filled with a massive starfish, which is a waste of space in my humble opinion. Do you think they've included that to be deliberately antagonistic?
1: That's what I thought. But I like that. That's shithousery. And I'm all for shithousery. shithousery.
0: Yeah, no, I thought that. I was thinking,
1: Because mm. I want to know what my Marvel are going to do to sort of respond to, and I hope Marvel don't go oh we'll rise above that I want them to equally be shithousery because I like that little you know those little, little digs nin, at yeah. each other
0: just ever so subtle little you little fucker yeah well what they've done is they just employed James Gunn again didn't they yeah and gave him a successful yeah. franchise yeah well I picked up on Jodenheim thinking I'm sure I recognize that name I instantly yeah. recognize it I was like oh
1: that's come from Thor is that absolutely
0: Starro technically links to to Godzilla and Pacific Rim because it is classified as a kaiju, which is the Japanese name. Well, it means strange beast in English. Basically, it's the genre that the Japanese movies kicked off in 1954. So technically, if you want to be pedantic, it is a kaiju. Now we move into the post-credit scene, which we've already mentioned literally picks up where the peacemaker show is going to be done. And I understand that's James Gunn, so we think
1: Oh, was there a post-credit thing? What? <laughs> what? Was
0: there? did you no of course it didn't
1: because it's a Marvel thing not a DC thing or if DC suddenly started doing it do I have to watch this for the benefit of the recording we may be about to pause briefly while I watch the post credit thing do you know what I nearly stayed in because I thought I bet they will but then I was like well no that's such a Marvel thing and in fact talking about shithousery it's shithousery of DC to make us sit in the cinema thinking they might do a Marvel only to not do a Marvel but it appears they've done a Marvel yeah oh So, we are about to watch... The post-credit scene. Well, sorry, we, I, am right. So we have just come back from me having watched the post-credit spoiler that I had no idea existed, which gives you something to. Care. I should prefix this with some sort of defence for myself because we've sat in DC films previously on the off chance that there'll be a post-credit spoiler. We've had cinema employees coming in, going, "Yeah, there's, there's no spoilers. You're just sitting here wasting your life because they've obviously seen lots." of people just doing it on the off chance. I've just assumed that DC weren't. Now, is this another example of shithousery? Where, now, DC, are, you, are gagging into the post-credit world?
0: Well, there is that, but I think what actually might more likely be the case is because it's James Gunn and because he's helming the series. Technically, does it mean anyone who does a post-credit scene's copying Marvel? Arguably, yes, but also, does it mean you can't? Yeah, but that's, shithou- that's perfect well, shithousery. Well, it's, it's like, sh- it works,
1: it's good, you did it first, but we're going to do it anyway.
0: Let's take it in the wider context of the fact that at the point of him doing the movie he had been sacked by Marvel yeah so let's say yes it's (laughs) shithousery because in the wider context if I was sacked by Marvel for something that happened years ago I would go okay Jodenheim (laughs) hashtag post credit scene but also he's promoting his show which is out in four months so the post credit scene yes it's good well it leads on to the TV show that I should have known
1: was on the oh certainly I would have had questions about why he was still alive and what they were going to do with him oh yes Uh, because anyone who's not seen in the post-credit streams. Pause now. Go and watch it. Come back. And come back. Right, you've been... you've watched. So yeah, it's Peacekeeper. He's alive. still
0: alive. So that's where the show's going to pick up.
1: It does put into perspective, looking at that scene, just how big John Cena's ass and thighs are. I mean, I noticed it in the film as a general, and I meant to mention it earlier, but just seeing the thickness of that cast, just, he yeah. has some thighs on him, does that he, boy? He
0: does indeed. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that show. HBO Max, tune in in four months' time. And then the last one, Easter Egg, is more of an acknowledgement by James Gunn to David Ayer. I know they're trying, I'm fans are pushing for the air cut to happen like they did with justice league and in terms of justice league we actually did see a cheeky little nod to the starro villain when we had those metallic type spiders they are essentially mechanical starros right kind of got a cheeky nod to what was coming in the justice league cut
1: the better version <laughs> the four day the four the day legend.
0: epic marathon one and that's basically what I gleaned from it I'm sure there's many well others. I'm glad
1: you went through those because I wouldn't have done the, <laughs> the first credit spoiler hashtag awkward a
0: hashtag bonus
1: well it is I mean I, this is why we do these people might think I was being a bit blasey when I was explaining about what we're doing with Ishtar what she's going through now is what I'm doing whenever I do the DC stuff and I'm very heavily relying upon you and I suppose the difference between me and Ishtar is that she. goes Wayne does her homework to add more to the equation whereas I still don't so I am still wholly suckling at your teats (laughs) whereas she suckles on your teat for the information that adds substance to the research she's already done whereas I'm just there going I need more teats
0: data give me more data
1: because <laughs> I can't be asking <laughs> Wikipedia and, uh, anymore that's what I got from that
0: but I mean the bonus for you
1: okay what are you going to give this out of 10 I've seen you've given it out of 5 on Facebook and Instagram Mark has written a review on this film which you gave
0: 5 stars I'm going to give this an 8 so we need to clarify
1: this because yeah. again if you've listened to the Marvel rewatch Captain America show you will thankfully have Ishtar questioning his scoring system in the same way that The rest of the world does. Mm. How can you give it five out of five and not then 10 out of 10? Because isn't that the same thing? It's just a Um, different scoring.
0: Let me explain again. Okay. (laughs) My scoring isn't specifically mathematical or attached (laughs) to an algorithm. (laughs) So, if you give me five, and I think it's a strong film, it's going to get the maximum, because there's only five to choose from. If you just said, you know, mark it out of six, it would have got six out of six, because there's only six to go. Because I've got more, it's not a 10 out of 10 film. And the reason why it's an 8 out of 10 is, technically, I'm taking on board other things which contribute to my scoring, because DC don't always do well on films. And actually, this film didn't do too good in the cinema. It did well on Rotten Tomatoes. It got 100%.
1: Yeah, but do we think it didn't do well in the cinema, because Because people are... quite keen I on going the to the cinema yeah. yet.
0: I think this will have a renaissance because HBO Max is the go-to for DC properties. I think when they launch this film onto HBO Max um, and we have the Peacemaker show on HBO Max, I think the profits are going to go through the roof. So I gave it 8 out of 10 because it's a good film and also James Gunn. I mean, straight out the gate, you get a point for the fact it's James Gunn. You probably get another point simply because he's brought his mates in. I'd like to think if I was directing a film and I just like had the opportunity to choose people, I'd go, yeah, mate, you want to be in a film? You want to be a shark? And you go, well, actually, I don't want to be a CG can I be polka dot man you might not say that you might be what's your aragami boy where you fall too quickly oh yeah yeah you get points for things like that and I know also I throw in things like the stunts and the choreography so it's not a mathematical equation I don't go well based on the fact that uh, this that and the other it's not even an average it's just literally I arbitrarily go that's an eight <laughs> is funny hopefully it explains a bit more just send me the fan mail I'll answer your questions <laughs> would you like to know what I think I was about to ask you yeah. okay well do go I don't on I know how
1: you score well I'm going to give this nine I think this is a brilliant film what I look for in a film differs based upon the genre of the film and sometimes with comic book films they get it wrong when sometimes they go too dark or yep. too up its own ass. they try and be too clever this film might not have had the deep and meaningfuls that you get from say Civil War with all the complex characters Mm. and the the moral challenges and all that sort of stuff, it might not have the strength of the storyline that you found in the original Star Wars trilogies about Darth Vader and and what have you, but it was just entertaining, Mm. from start to finish it was funny, like laugh out loud funny, maybe that's because I'm more warped but I genuinely laughed out loud far too loudly probably for some people lots and lots of times because it was so just ridiculously amusing and sometimes just that funny it wasn't too heavy so i could just sit back and just let it wash over me i wasn't under a pressure trying to remember stuff or keep track of stuff or i wasn't left confused because they'd introduced a ridiculous stuff the government experiment thing could have been something where i was like i can't remember where that's come from i can't remember who's doing that they were like don't worry about it mate, it's not that important this is all the stuff you need to worry about so I laughed heartily, I was thoroughly entertained, it was a fast moving film, it didn't get bogged down in it's own shit too much and he gets an extra bonus because that a post credit spoiler <laughs> 9 out of 10 for me. I would highly recommend this film. Oh, it's a great film. And I suppose another good indicator for me of a good film is one that I would quite happily sit down and watch again straight away.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. A testimony to how a film could be so different if you leave it alone and you give it to someone who loves that type of content. Yeah,
1: so thoroughly enjoy it. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you want to go and check out Mark's written review, it's on Instagram and Facebook so you can go and find out why he gave it 5 stars and then compare it to the 8 out to 10 he's given it just now you can find us on the socials we mentioned at the outset email mark if you want to understand his scoring system to the two marks at the podstation.co.uk gives a review because the reviews do get us seen by more people so that's very much appreciated we would very much appreciate some love or just some feedback <laughs> it'd be quite nice i don't even mind if it's not love <laughs> if you just want to be mean i suppose it, i will at least be able to read out your reviews on these shows and mock you for being mean
0: yeah anything just anything
1: yeah that'd be good don't forget to check out some of our other shows so you can go and listen to the Disco Fever stuff if you're a Star trek there's another season of Star Trek Discovery coming out soon so we'll be doing that we've just finished the Loki series which is just finished on Disney Plus we've got the Picard one there's a new season of that coming out in the not too distant future I
0: think that's next year isn't it yeah
1: so if you want to listen to season 1 and 2 we did episode by episode blow for that we've done other
0: films haven't we we did a pre-care as a podcast of Black Blackout yeah. during lockdown there is a justice league huge watch on there and also there's the marvel rewatch. show.
1: indeed go and check it out guys thank you very much for listening hope you've enjoyed it catch you next time excelsior
0: check out all our shows exclusively on the podstation.co.uk